Okay, so... I hope you think I'm ready. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm just going to introduce the show in uh, 10 seconds, and then Trace will introduce you, and we'll start off. Okay, whatever you want. Westport Library and the Quick Center for the Arts, uh, in cooperation with iTunes and Apple Podcasts, proudly presents Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast with me, Migs Burrows. And I'm Trace Burrows, and today we have with us Harry Flynn, who is the uh, publicity agent for dozens and dozens of A-list stars, films, television shows, including uh, Highway to Heaven, the movie Airwolf, Charles and Charles, I Dream of Jeannie, The Monkeys, Bewitched, Hazel, um, celebrities like Bob Hope, Michael Landon, Carol O'Connor, Bob Newhart, Gunn Campbell, and the list goes on and on and on. Hi, Harry. Thanks for how you doing today. Fine. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for the attention. I have to try and remember now what happened, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> You're right. You, you can make it up. I'll do my best, though, I promise. You. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, I'm going to start off. Uh, I have a bunch of questions here that, uh, and the one of them that is, uh, I think, is very amusing is that um, I guess something that happened on the set of the monkeys. Uh, where someone got knocked out. T tell us about what happened there. Uh, I'm telling about getting knocked out. Um, Davy Jones was very, a very good friend of mine and the smallest but the toughest of all of them. And uh, Peter Clark was a very pleasant, very bright, incredible, talented uh, musician. But he also thought I was very liberal, and, and that didn't sit with him. Huh, really? So I would come on the set and say hi, and he would come over and kick me. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that was Peter. I mean, these are the monkeys, remember? These guys are known all over the world, uh, all of a sudden, as the uh, uh, Beatles from America. Anyway, um, so I'd come in, and, and Peter would come over, and it always annoyed him to see me, so he'd come over kicked me in the ankle <laughs> and that would set Davy off who would then go over and knock Peter down. Oh, really? Yeah. Which was nice to have somebody take care of you. I'm, you know, press agents aren't supposed to fight back ever. Really? So, uh, so whatever. And, and I got to be, be friendly to a 30 year, year anniversary of the show. Uh, I got to see everybody there again. And we had a reunion out at the, uh, airport in, um, where the hell was it? It doesn't make any difference. We had, a, we had a reunion. I saw Peter and we were good friends by then. So that was nice. And then we made that up. But Davey was terrific for me. I was a big fan of his. He had been on Broadway. He was a professional up, you know, all the way to the top of his little head. And I really enjoyed him a lot. And we got to know each other quite well. So overall, I enjoyed the monkeys. I enjoyed the the fame and fortune that being the presentation mm. uh, for the monkeys gave me. If I went to a group of girls on the beach, <laughs> and I was there with the monkeys. Wow! Uh, it, it, it was almost embarrassing how much they kind of flocked around. Not for <laughs> me necessarily, but because of my uh, uh, clients. <clears throat> 
And so I'm curious, what is it for any, I don't know really myself totally what a publicist does. I have my, my idea, I think the simple idea of a publicist is you write a news release to the paper going, oh, the monkeys are going to appear at the uh, Hollywood Bowl, blah, blah, blah. So, but what is a public, there must, there's a lot more to it than that. So what, what is your role? Well, don't tell anybody that. No, <laughs> God, that there goes everything. No, uh, handling the monkeys was tough in some ways, because like you say, wherever they were going to appear, we had to make sure we told the people where they were appearing. If they were appearing in a theater, you had to go in through the kitchen because otherwise 8,000 young teenagers would attack them. So my job was to kind of shepherd them wherever we went and uh, take them to a place where they wouldn't be attacked. And literally teenage girls, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're, they're dangerous. But uh, Tell because me about of that, it. it was fun. Uh, and uh, doing pretty much, and Mickey Dolans, who had been a friend of mine before, and that was great. And I mentioned Davey uh, and um, Mike Nesmith, whose mother invented uh, ink. Oh, that the whiteout. Yeah, uh, I guess it was the whiteout that she invented. Anyway, so he, he had come from... Um, successful people to begin with, but they're all very bright. They're all fun. But when they started, they were singing other people's music because it it was a uh, creation by um, their uh, producer and, uh, and Kirshner was that him? Yeah, Bert. Bert was uh, Bert Schneider's father was head of Columbia then, oh. so Bert could do whatever he wanted, and he wanted the monkeys to be big stars, and they were. And so as soon as he took them on, we would go places, and and I don't know how it happens. There's obviously a telegraph between teenage girls, but the fact that the monkeys would be somewhere would be told to 8,000 teenage girls. And if we were literally walking down um, the street, they would be attacked. I mean, they knew they were coming, and they were there to touch the hem of their garment, as it were. Jeez. So um, if only. <laughs> it, it was great fun in that sense. And, and, and the fact that I represented them, which is <laughs> makes, makes it kind of crazy. So the, the girls would follow me. And I tried to tell them how charming I was, but that didn't make <laughs> sense at all, because what they really wanted was somebody who had touched the monkeys up front. So. Right. And it was fun. It was fun being with them. Uh, and uh, they, were, they worked at singing their own songs after a while. At first, they were kind of singing uh, songs that were written for them, but then they moved in singing their own stuff. And uh, that was great fun because wherever you went, there would be a crowd, and wherever you went, they would sing and be very appreciated. So it was fun. Through, through all your um, years doing this, did you have to ever have to cover up scandals and sort of smooth them over mm. to the public uh, after, after they happened? Uh, any of the shows or stars or anything? I will say yes, punitively. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Oh, oh you're not going to tell. <laughs> well, you could just, you know. These are teenage boys, all the kind of heated blood that flows through their mm. Well, not just the monkeys. I mean, like any of the shows you worked on and like stars. There's uh, always that problem yeah yeah every every star assumes that every girl he ever meets is wants to drag him in under the covers right away oh, oh, yeah. and, and so uh, you have to be aware of that 
I was very lucky. I handled some terrific people like Mike Landon, who I think, I mean, girls would faint at the sight of him, but he was not somebody who would take advantage of that. And one of the more gentlemanly people I've ever known and one of the nicest for sure. So, uh, and, uh, and somebody like Bob Hope would just walk into a room and Four, four women would hit the deck, right? <laughs> but he was, and he was also charming and sweet and somebody I was very, very grateful that I worked for him and went around the world with him, which it was fun. But all, all together, there's always a few little things that you have to hide and, and not let this happen that's going to get out to the public. And it wasn't one of the I'm sorry, wasn't one of the biggest, not maybe I don't know if you were involved, but, you know, Rock Hudson, they're always um, arranging for him to be seen with some beautiful starlet, you know, so nobody would catch on that he was gay. You know, there's, oh, there's Rock Hudson with Angie Dickinson. There's Rock Hudson with Ava Gabor or whatever. Same yeah. with Liberace, yeah. 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 It, was, Did, it was all fraud, as you know. Yeah. And he was, uh, I mean, a couple of times I watched him work on the set that he was shooting, uh, I guess, when I was at... Uh, either Warner's or uh, Universal. I'm not sure where they were doing it. But he was a very nice guy. Everybody liked him. And yes, he, he was not particularly uh, looking to uh, consummate his relationship with the female at all. And and uh, but seeing him, he was such a good looking guy. He really was. And a very nice guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of, I mean, women would prostrate themselves just to kind of give him an idea. But by and large, um, he was a very decent guy, and most of them were. And the ones that were dangerous, and I won't go into which ones they were. Oh. And the monkeys, of course, by themselves were just kids. So, you know, they walk into a room like the Beatles, I'm sure, had the same problem. And from what I've heard, knowing what the monkeys discovered about the Beatles, same thing occurred. You know, here comes a beetle, jump on the floor and be ready. So, uh, it was by and large more action on the part of the females than it was on the guys themselves. They didn't have to uh, make mm. a lot of action. Right. And, and it must have been frustrating for them because they're just kids, literally. I mean, I think the oldest was Mike, who was in his 20s. And uh, they're not about to uh, attack anybody. But they just walk into a room and they'll be attacked themselves. So that's it. In a way, it's kind of fun if you're a student of uh, human nature, and I like to pretend I am. Mm. And, and being a press agent, they assume that I can now press a button and here comes uh, Mickey Dolenz and he's going to be all over my back to some young lady who figures it's just the way it should be. <laughs> I saw the, um, the, the Monkeys documentary. I don't know if it was on Netflix or HBO. Uh, where Mickey Dolan says that uh, he went to a mall and he goes in, opens up the door and hundreds of uh, people, mostly girls, are running towards the exit. And he thought the place was like on fire or something. So he's running down the street and they're after and running, but they're, they're running after they're, him. They, they saw him <laughs> and, and, and they realized what it was all about. Yeah. It's true, and, and it's stuff like uh, Mickey was going with a model from England who was really pretty girl, and he was very fond of her, uh, but he couldn't actually date her and let the world know because that would make life for her a little unpleasant. Yeah. 
But uh, by and large, they were just normal young teenage boys, and uh, they put them in the peak of uh, popularity and attention by the rest of the world, particularly young ladies. It, it obviously offered a temptation that's tough for anybody that age and any males. So, sure. Did you ever get, like, write a, a, a press release and um, the, the, the celebrity got angry with what you said or something like that? See, that's an interesting question because anything I wrote about anybody would, if, if they didn't like it, they'd consider the source, which was me. Yeah. I never got, never got in too much trouble with them, like uh, writing stuff about Michael Landon, for instance, because he was such a gentleman and, uh, and a very attractive guy. So, you know, women would certainly uh, want to follow him everywhere. And he had as much attraction as the uh, monkeys did because he was not just a kid. He was a tremendously successful actor, director, uh, and a mature male and a terrific guy and a good athlete, a very good athlete. He came to uh, USC on a scholarship to throw the javelin for them, oh, which mm -hmm. did very well. So a lot of these stars, all of them you've mentioned so far, all these good looking guys and girls are clamoring after them. And that's part of your job is to, you know, I guess, keep keep a lid uh, on the boiling, <laughs> on the boiling pot. But well, how, how that's very, very well put. But no offense to Ernest Borgnine, but he's not, you know, he's not a Rock Hudson in terms of in the looks department. So what was his were women still like him because of his talent, or or was it just looks? I liked him because he was a, he was a, just a charming guy, and there's something about him that made you want to. I don't know whether it's because he was like had a, kind of a father figure or what. Hmm. Whenever we went anywhere, there would be a crowd around him because that's Ernest Borgnine, and and um, they just loved him. And he is the kind of guy who was very lovable, one of the most incredibly nice people. Hmm in the world, as far as I'm concerned. I was with him a lot of years. We went everywhere together, and uh, I just love working with him. He was the most thoughtful guy you can imagine, especially for somebody as soon as people saw him, they say, oh my God, that's Ernest Borgnine and come racing over. Whether he's young enough to be a goalpost for some teenage girl or not, <laughs> but he attracted everybody. And um, and he was great fun, and uh, he was a very bright, charming, wonderful guy. Besides, for um, the issues the monkeys had with uh, you know being chased all the time, did you did you represent? Uh, did you did publicity uh, for anyone who you know they now they're a celebrity and they realize Jesus they don't like the attention they're getting, you know? Uh, you can, well, no, that's hard to say because it, like, like Ernie who loved everybody, he wanted to be nice to everyone, somebody wanted an autograph, we would stop at 15 people while he, made it, while he signed an autograph. I mean, he was that way, he was so thoughtful about everybody that it made a big difference time-wise. And we're in a theater and now we're gonna go out and all of a sudden there's 20 people up the aisle where he cannot go because they're standing there to get his autograph. And he's not about to say, no, I'm busy. He would stop and sign the autograph very tough on the press agent who was all of a sudden engulfed in a sweep of hmm. people wanted his autograph. And it's my fault that I'm, that they're not getting it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and who's the press agent anyway? What does that mean to most people? They have no idea. Ernest Bogdan, was he, what's, was that Mikhail's Navy? What's, he was in a TV series, right? 
he did McHale's Navy. I'm happy to say I had initial uh, involvement with that because at one point it was a show at Universal called Seven Against the Sea. And it was a, an adventure show. And they said, um, Turn, you want to do a comedy about this? And he said, what's funny about that? It was an adventure show about some sailors in the, in the, in the Navy. And uh, they said, no, you're going to do it. So I worked with my editor and we put a lot of stuff together and then some more creative minds than ours made it into McHale's Navy and it became one of the hot shows for Universal right away, almost overnight. And it made Ernie a different figure than he had been. He, he'd been an actor with great respect in so many shows and people loved him. But Mikhail was a different ball of wax. I mean, everybody thought, my God, that's Mikhail. And so whatever we did, and you'd see that PT boat racing across the uh, screen as it, as it went in the introduction of the show. And so everybody thought of him as, as a sailor. He had been a sailor. He'd been in the Navy uh, since the start of the war. And he was first a cook, and then he went to uh, uh, just being on the deck and then being uh, in the uh, Navy itself. And, and, and then he became kind of a symbol for sailors everywhere. And so we went anywhere, any base where they were there. Every sailor in you know, the worth is cocked hat would race to get his autograph because he was the sailor of for everybody. And he was such a neat guy anyway, everybody loved him. But he was also funny when he wanted to be. So a great comedy, a very successful show. I'm very happy to work on it for a lot of years. But he sort of made his mark with his first, didn't he, with Marty, the movie Marty? And, and yet he played kind of a schlub, a loser. Got his Oscar, yes. Yeah. And and uh, that was as far as he was concerned. Marty Plitt was Ernie Borgnine for real. Mm -hmm. oh. He yeah. felt it was a very real portrait of his because he didn't think of himself as a great boulevardier and somebody that the women fleeing mm. around like the monkeys. And uh, yet he did have that attraction, and um, he was tremendous. Uh, he did have one relationship with Ethel Merman at one point, but I won't go into that. That was interesting, but um, didn't last very long. But uh, he was very happy and she, she was very happy too because she was dating her as Borgnine. Ethel <laughs> yeah. uh, was pretty big time herself, yes, but nobody was as big as Ernie Borgnine when he was Mikhail. So, so you, you worked on uh, the show Bewitched. Is there any stories you have from that? From that? How many days have you got? Uh, <laughs> which, which, was, who's your favorite Darren? Should ask that. Well, uh, the funny part was Darren uh, had been. Well, there were two Darrens. The first one I knew when, when he was uh, starting out, I handled him, and he was just uh, just an actor. And then he became Darren. But the other side of it was Liz Montgomery became a giant star. And she was an incredibly nice girl, beautiful girl, and very bright, and incredibly bright. We used to do crossword puzzles uh, <laughs> together, and she would write them in ink. 
<laughs> and never have to change anything. Right. She was a great girl, a great dancer. I, I had danced with her when she was a, a, a debutante back in New York with her because her father, uh, Robert Montgomery, obviously was a pretty big celebrity himself. And she was well known in those circles. But uh, she was an incredibly smart girl as well as beautiful girl. And great fun for me because I would I could get her on all sorts of levels. But um, I enjoyed working the show because number one, it was well written, very funny, and uh, everybody loved it. It was a huge hit for Columbia. And they were just delighted to have it explode like it did. And it was fun for me because I, you know, working on a show like Bewitched, that made me everything about Bewitched, which is totally false. But uh, I love being on there. The writers on it were tremendously talented. And Bill Asher was a tremendously talented producer. And uh, he put them together, put the right people together for it. So I loved it. I love working on the show. And uh, it was a giant hit wherever we went. We went out of the cities like Chicago or New York somewhere. Then uh, we would be kind of celebrities just because we were part of Bewitched. And that, and, and of course, I would be a celebrity because I'd get to dance with the star of Bewitched, <laughs> right. who was a very good dancer and a much great delight dancing with her. So, so you enjoyed working with all those uh, people on the show? Oh, yeah. Oh, which was great fun. My God, it was fun, number one. I'd laugh a minute. <laughs> on top of that, it, it was uh, just a lot of nice people. Everybody on it was fun. And, and Aggie Moorhead was, got to be a very good friend of mine. And wherever we'd travel, Bill and uh, Liz would go off in one direction, and I would go off with Aggie in the other. And I just loved her. She's incredible. People don't know she... She was 12 years old at the same time Orson Welles was, and they grew up in Clinton, Massachusetts together. Really? So she was in a lot of his original shows yeah. because she was one, an incredible actress. And number two, the two of them were very, very good friends. Yeah. So uh, Paul Lynn was on that show, right? No, didn't he play a oh, character? Yes. <laughs> yes. I loved, as a kid, I was like crazy about Paul Lynn. Yeah. He was hysterical. I mean, it's very hard to even picture him. And the trouble is, you see him and you're trying to be, you know, play it straight on the side of the, of the uh, shooting stage. But you couldn't because whatever he did would make you laugh. And so you yeah. had to kind of muffle yourself so you embarrass everybody. But he was great. He was a very, very funny guy. I'm curious, this thing in your bio about this you know, with uh, Airwolf, were you, were you somebody got your your briefcase was stolen and or oh that is yeah I had forgot that was, they finally returned it somebody took it in Europe or something and the Russians got all of it and thought it was some secret weapon and when I finally got it back they had written all over it and they were certain that I was a secret uh, <laughs> you had airwolf documents not, not gonna deny it of course yeah so it was great fun getting the uh, briefcase back uh, and they didn't ruin any so uh, but that was funny and, and they thought it was something really dangerous well just about as dangerous as i am so you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was um it was fun having stuff like that happen, but Bewitched was so well known all over the world. I mean, wherever they played it, it was a giant hit. And uh, so Liz was always a huge 
success wherever she went. And Aggie, <clears throat> Aggie was pretty well known for a lot of other shows anyway. And she did a lot of shows with Orson. Uh, she's just a great actress, but also one of the nicest. And I got very close to her. So she's a good lady. Over the years. So what do you, how do you think, uh, has the business changed uh, as a press agent? And, and if so, how, how has it changed? Oh, boy, this is, this is kind of ticklish in that, that uh, females, of course, are always the object of uh, everybody's imagination and watches. <laughs> So, uh, wherever you went with anybody, any actresses, <clears throat> even Aggie, uh, people wanted to get their autograph because they were female stars. And, and that was uh, great for me because it made me, you know, I'm, I'm the one with the female star. It makes me so huge. It was a joke. But anyway, well, <laughs> and I enjoyed uh, being with most of them and wherever they went. And put Liz would make a crowd wherever she was just because she's a beautiful girl. But by and large, uh, I think most of the attachments to stars like Barbara Eden and people like that were because they were beautiful girls to begin with. And guys would gather around like the monkeys would attract young guys to, uh, I mean, young girls to them. And uh, people like Liz and Barbara and people like that would attract males who had lust in their heads, if not in their minds. And um, good for them. I was, they, don't forget, these are these are separate people. These are Hollywood stars. Nobody thinks, oh, I'll be walking along the street and there will be Barbara Eden or Liz Micah. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> there will be five or six bodyguards walking with them. But by and large, they always attracted the same kind of uh, uh, mental excitement in uh, so many males because they were beautiful women. They were not only just beautiful women, but known all over the world as beautiful women. And that meant any time they might walk by them and say hello, or even you know be in line at the movies with them or something like that, that gave them an attached uh, glamour that they weren't reading when they went and stood behind, say, Liz or Barbara or any other of the uh, ladies that had their own shows. Right. Uh, television's magic. So, but for for like the business of a, a press agent and what you do, do you think that's changed at all over the years? I don't know if it's changed or not. Your job is to is to get them publicity. Yeah. So uh, you number two things. Number one, you'd be with them when they were going to go into a crowd. That's your job, not to be let them no, be. like a buffer. A buffer is right. Yeah, very good word. And and uh, number two. Uh, you would have to answer questions. Like, I don't know how many times I went back to my family in the East and they say, what's Rock Hudson really like? And I <laughs> well, he's not like you think he is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that to knock him. In, yeah, right. Everybody that knows him likes him. I mean, he was a very uh, likable guy and very polite and a good actor and a great image on the screen. But uh, the point for somebody who's a press agent is to, number one, enhance whatever image they have. So you have to be careful talking about rock. And you have to be careful talking about uh, any any male star who may have um, slipped a little bit with some of the girls that he'd been dating. And so you have to kind of play that down. You don't want to let everybody know we're a huge bathtub of sin out here in Hollywood. 
it's really quite an innocent town, I think, compared to what it might, might have been if the imaginations around the world were fed anything but uh, the truth. And well, being around all these beautiful women, was it, was it difficult to keep your professional distance? I mean, is there a code of ethics for publicists? That's, that's not, it's great with somebody like Liz because she danced so well. I love right. dancing with her and playing crossword puzzles with her and stuff. So you get to know him, you get to like him at a very different level than boy to girl. Hmm. You know them as your, your, uh, your uh, check at the end of the week. I mean, <laughs> these are people you work for. And, and these are people you really respect because they've had to get from where they were to where they are now, which is a huge jump. I don't think people realize how incredible some of the girls that make it in Hollywood have had to go through, not just producers trying to claw them, but um, just to act and be good. Because don't forget, every time they get up on a stage and they read a line, there's four other girls who have been standing in by the casting director's desk saying, I could do that. Mm. And so they're in competition every moment of their lives, maybe even sometimes with their husbands. And I hate to say that lightly, but it's awful tough to be married to a star. I would think I'm not, I mean, I consider my wife a star, but she's my star, not that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway. So uh, by and large, it, it is a grueling, tough business. And, and I'm more aware of that now after 30 or 40 years in it than I was when I came out because it's fun. They're wonderful people. I love all of them. I've been, and somebody like an Ernie being with him was a joy every day. And with Michael, who was <laughs> had to be one of the funniest people in the world, he hit me in the face with a pie once. I mean, the, <laughs> really? the autobiography I wrote about him, I put that picture in because I loved it so. And and we were renting a house to shoot in, and 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 he had made a plan with my photographer Gene Trindle that he was going to throw the they had a big fake pie, you know, the lemon pies they would make were all fake. And so I walked into the stage and he got hit in the face with a pie. And I got laughing so hard, I, I couldn't stop. <laughs> By that time, everybody on the stage was in hysterics. But the guy who had set the location up for paying the house that we were in was going, oh no, get it, clean it up, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, almost, almost left the show, he was scared to death, but it didn't work out fine. Michael wanted to buy me a new suit after that. And I said, no way. And I've still got the pie suit hanging in my closet. <laughs> it got such laughs and everybody just loved it. So, but that's what you do. Well, the 30 minutes has flown by. Tracy, do you have any final questions? Um, nothing, mate. You know, I was gonna say, did you ever have a project like you're given by a studio or whatever, a show and the celebrity doesn't have really a lot there's not much about them uh, yeah. to talk about and you it's have to like, make, make up stuff like i remember reading some about rock bands when i was growing up and they said you know like all the like paul is in the beatles is this character and they make up characters especially for music groups i found out later a lot of these personas they made up weren't even true oh yeah yeah no i mean michael was tough because he really was a very a good athlete a very attractive guy very funny he could get the whole company 
when we were shooting, he would get them all laughing. I mean, he was that's what he, he was funny no matter what he did. And he gave me a bad time always because he could think of a joke from him, you know, about me. <laughs> and uh, we were going somewhere, both wearing tuxes. And, and he had to wear tux, which he hated. <laughs> but we were going to some dinner where he was going to be honored. So I'm walking up and I come up on the stage with my tux on. He says, you look like a fucking penguin. On <laughs> 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 the stage was convulsed, as you can imagine. But that's the way he was. He was a very funny guy, very my likable. What a boy, do I miss him. Oh. What an incredible human being, yeah. Well, this has but, been great. Uh, yeah, you, you, your job is to enhance what they do, not to uh, um, never to play it down. So you know, Michael could walk into a crowd and and have the crowd around him no matter what, because he had that magic that made him a star. But uh, other people, ordinary people, aren't actors, aren't stars, and and it. It's always in the back of everybody's mind. You look at somebody like Michael and say, oh, my God, if I could be like him. And he would not like it because he worked very hard at what he did. He was a tremendous director as well as a mm. tremendous actor. And uh, some one older actor one time came on and he said, he is the best director that ever walked on a sound stage. Wow. And, I, and this is a guy who I won't even mention his name, but <laughs> gotten his own awards over mm. the years and was very impressed with the way Michael could bring the best out of every actor, every actress, because he was magic. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Those are great stories. Yeah, I appreciate it. Unfortunately, from that time. I, oh, yeah, I, I can't tell you anything dirty, obviously, but yeah. uh, I was very lucky to be working with the kinds of people that I did. I, was a, I loved the, the town, I loved the business, and I am in, always incredibly uh impressed with the talent of the people that i worked with they were and they on top of that they were very anyway to me terribly uh, thoughtful helpful and uh, i feel very lucky to have spent the years that i did with them that's good to hear it goes against the hollywood stereotype a lot of people here but um but thanks and yeah, thanks positive. again Thanks, Harry. My pleasure. I love talking about him because I love him. I mean, hmm. why would I go 3,000 miles? The Navy brought me, by the way, and, yeah. and, and, and to work with people that I didn't like. And, and I did like them. I and just I was so impressed with all the people I worked with because they had to put up with the Hollywood business, which mm -hmm. is not easy. And they made it to the, made it to the top, and they, they were awful nice to me. Well, for good reason. Seem like a good guy yourself. So, with that, had fun. Take yes. care. <laughs> Thank you very Bye. much. Yes.